Welcome to Inside My Canoe Head, a podcast about self-reliance and building a more resilient lifestyle. Hang on and join us for your latest emergency preparedness information, building a better you in the face of life's disruptions, and all those other crazy stuff that's driving us nuts in today's world. I'm your host, Jeff. Let's get at it. All right, welcome back to the third episode in our simplification series here on Inside My Canoe Head. Today, we're just going to do a quick conversation about the simplification skills. Now that we've gone through the episode one and you've really taken a time, pardon the pun, to look at your schedule and your commitments and to really take an honest uh, no poop assessment, you look at everything that you've committed yourself to. And then you, you know, this is an individual thing. You need to look through that and decide, you know, which one of these things really matter to my life, which one of these things can go. And if they all have to stay, then of course you have to have that reflection. Well, I'd really love to have 29 hours in a day, but the world doesn't work like that. So unfortunately, some of this stuff is probably going to have to go. And then you enter that conversation with yourself and you come up with the answer. Um, There's no pro forma fill in the blank. This is the way to do it. How you choose and set your priorities and set your goals. I mean, there are a myriad of methods out there. In the episode uh, previous, I threw out the example of using Warren Buffett's theory, which is one that I personally use, and I, th- and I think it's quite effective. So, uh, you know, whatever it is you choose to do, that's fine. You just have to make a decision about how you're going to commit your time to make sure that it matches up with the things that you intend to achieve in your life. And that is so simplistic, but yet it is such a force of challenge to the way that we build society and the way that we govern ourselves and that we're responsible to help everybody out and do what everybody says and, you know, give one for the team and all that other stuff that you heard as a child. So now, we're, and then episode two, we looked at the physical things. So now your physical world is all those things that surround you and all the physical items that you use in the run of a day. And other than the ones that are required for basic life, you look at your physical items as things that facilitate those time allocations. So if you choose to spend time with somebody who is 25 kilometers away and there's no bus system, you're going to have to have a physical way to get there. You have to make that choice. If you decide that, you know, like, like myself, that golf is a really important part of your life and something that you'd really like to continue doing. And so, therefore, you're going to have the physical equipment that's going to facilitate that. And that's just kind of a reflection. It's not a Marie Kondo. It's not a minimalism. It's not throwing things out. It's just saying that the physical things that you have are meant to facilitate your time allocations. It's a relationship equation that basically answers, should I have this, shouldn't I have it? Well, what do you use it for? Does it facilitate your time? I mean, there are things you need in your kitchen and there are things you need in life to basic facilitate regular living in this society. Those are not what we're talking about. We're talking about all that other stuff you have. So now that you have that relationship understood and you're well on your way to um, figuring out what it is that you want to do and the things that you need to have that, now we're going to talk about some skills that are exceptionally important for a simple yet fulfilling, amazing life, which feeds the basic premise of this channel, which is a more self-reliant and resilient lifestyle to make you less exposed to disruptions in life. And as of right now, we know we're living through a significant disruption called COVID-19, but that too will end, and as will all other future disruptions. But this is about making your life simple, less challenging, 
and um, and what I think is the most important part, less stressful. Stress causes heart attacks and stroke, anxiety the same, and you don't want either in your life as much as possible and that you can control it. So today we're going to talk about four simplification skills that I think are exceptionally important for your success. And then I'm going to give you a rant at the end. Uh, but before I begin, I need to give a shout out to a listener in France. Uh, this individual, never met them, don't know anything about them, has downloaded uh, all of my episodes and continues to download us when they come out. Uh, Monsieur et Madame, je vous remercie pour votre apport dans cette situation-là. I'm not great in French, but hopefully they understand what I was trying to say. And that matters to a creator. Somebody like me who is not monetizing, not trying to make a million dollars off of this, and just has something that I think to offer the world. And there is somebody that is out of arm's reach that hopefully is at least getting some value out of this podcast. I mean, that's exceptionally why we do this. That's why we take the time in our lives to record this information, upload it. Uh, you know, it doesn't cost a lot of money. It, to run a podcast, in case you're wondering, it's about $20 American a month. That being said, let's move on to what we're actually here to talk about today. Simplification skill number one, it's about your attitude and emotional control. And I know it's not about learning how to make a fire in the backyard, and I'm sorry about that, but it's about your attitude and emotional control. Because the world is on fire and the world is a crazy place. And it is up to you as an individual to decide whether you're going to light your own hair on fire and run around or whether you're going to cut through this situation that we're all in with calm consideration and compassion for your fellow human beings so by attitude and emotional control number one i mean you need to get away from finding that victim mentality stop believing that things happen to you and that things are done to you and you're a victim oh you know i would have done this but so and so did something and prevented me from doing it oh i wasn't allowed or this thing stood in my way there are a group of people and you probably have friends that fall into this situation and you might even yourself when you look in the mirror that they live in a world where everything happens to them and everything is okay as long as they can successfully blame their problems and a situation on something external to themselves and therefore they don't have to take responsibility don't play the victim card Okay, just don't. You won't become self-reliant. You won't build a resilient life if you walk around saying poopy pants that the whole world is out to get me and everything is happening to me. So-and-so is mean to me, therefore I'm sad. No, that, you're sad because you chose to be sad as a result of the stimulus of the individual's action. Nobody can make you sad. Nobody can make you angry. Nobody can make you happy. That is a personal choice that you make as a result of a stimulus of another human being. And I know it sounds a little ridiculous, but that's exactly what psychology will tell you. That you as an individual are in fact in control of your emotions. So it's very, very uh, similar to some thoughts on stoicism. You might have heard me in earlier, methods of this, uh, earlier episodes of this podcast talking about stoic values. And stoic values breaks it down to a very simple dichotomy. Almost a binary choice, if you will. You are in control of two things on the face of this earth. You are in control of what you say, and you are in control of what you do. Every single other thing that happens in this world is amor fati. Amor fati. That's what the Stoics will tell you. It is accept and love fate. 
You just embrace the things that you cannot control and do not allow them to disrupt your emotional standing. So whatever happens in the world around you, it is beyond your control and therefore you do not allow it to cause you continued grief, sadness, anger, whatever it may be. You are as a human being in control of your emotions. And so you just have to understand that the Stoic philosophers would look a lot at it like religion. Now, I know philosophy and religion are different because there's no hairy fairy man in the clouds when it comes to Stoicism. But the whole point of the philosophy religious debate is most leading religions believe that there is some higher power that controls the future. So uh, I have a very good friend of mine who is Muslim and he's a fantastic individual. And I'll say, hey, listen, you might get to get to, you know, Tuesday for coffee. And he said, I'd love to get to Tuesday with coffee with you, uh, inshallah. And what he means is that, you know, he really would love to have coffee with me on, on Tuesday. And it's in his book and he'll plan it and look forward to it. But, you know, if God has a different plan for him, then he won't be there Tuesday. So God willing, inshallah, he will be there. Uh, other Christian faiths, uh, for example, most leading Christian faiths believe that God has a specific plan for you. And therefore your future is laid out. So you're going to do... Maybe not as far as the, the really old uh, Protestant ethics in the spirit of capitalism, according to um, our friend Weber. But the whole point is, is that you're going to live a good quality life as best you can. But in fact, if your future is already predetermined for you and therefore you're simply following a path that God has laid out for you. So you have no idea what the future will hold. Stoics take a more simplistic view of it saying... I can control when I come to a street corner whether I turn left or right. I can control whether I smile at the person I pass, whether I am indifferent to their existence, or whether I say something rude towards them because I dislike them. I am not in control as to whether that person that I am walked by says something rude to me, or they give me a bad look. Or that individual decides to step in my way and prevent me from advancing. Or that individual smiles and wishes me a good day. So I do not allow things external to me to influence my behavior. If my friend says something dumb or says something that could very well make me mad, uh, I will look at the individual and, and, and I will call it for what it is. But I won't let it make me mad. Uh, I don't get mad because somebody else said something. I get mad because I choose to get mad about what somebody else says. So it's very, very important to understand that you're in control of your attitude and emotional control. The reason why this is related to simplicity is that if you allow others to influence your emotional state and your emotional control, you are now going to be all over the map. You are going, your day is going to be not set up by yourself and managed by yourself, but it is surely about your interactions with other people and they can make you have a bad day or a good day. And if you allow that, you simply are transferring control and responsibility for your emotional state from yourself to those in the world. And there's absolutely no requirement for it. But included in that, included in your attitude and emotional control is your willingness to learn. And your willingness to look at that awesome human being in the mirror and accept your shortcomings. I'm sorry, but you may not be as beautiful as you think you are. I'm sorry, but you may not be as smart as you think you are or physically fit as you think you are. But that's okay because as soon as you accept your shortcomings, you can then decide, you know what? 
this is me. I'm going to accept my shortcomings as they are, or I'm going to actually do something about them. But your willingness to learn is all about accepting and embracing the world that's around you. And you're going to see new things and you're going to run into new people and you're going to potentially learn new ways of doing things and new skill sets that come up. But as a human, when you have positive emotional control and you don't play a victim card and you have the willingness to learn, then you become this incredible positive engagement in your community and your resource and your ability to help everybody is just exponentially growing. So the next thing we're going to look at simplification skills is your skills to support basic life. And I'm serious and I'm not being complicated here. Okay. Housing and shelter. How do you put up a shelter? How do you fix a shelter? Basic carpentry skills, basic hand tools. Uh, if you live under a tent, well, you know, put up your tent. Probably shouldn't be living under a tent, but some cases in life, some people do. But remember, your housing and shelter is also you. Okay, so your number one job, your skill set is learning how to keep yourself physically healthy. That's through regular physical exercise of some type, getting a lot of outside air as much as possible. And there is a myriad of videos on YouTube to tell you how to get fit. Listen, folks, it is no more complicated to get out and walk briskly for half an hour to an hour a day periodically lift heavy things and be able to sprint about a length of a football field and then you're good to go really it's no more complicated than that now you can go to these great workout programs you can be a crossfitter you can do all these things but remember the soul the person that expresses who you are and that emotional attitude control is all contained within a physical thing that carries your soul around your body and you've got to keep that thing healthy. So take care of that. Uh, water, how do you get water? Uh, food, how do you get food? Learn how to cook. There's this old humanistic relationship with food that we have. And it's a great one-on-one -on -one as you prepare your food and you cook it and you eat it. You know, if you, depending on your lifestyle, depending on the commitments that you, that you went through in episode one, you may not have a large uh, amount of time to do it. But just learn how to prepare food, to take actual raw ingredients that nature provides and turn them into a meal. And I don't mean become a chef on TV. I mean just have the ability to make homemade pasta or the ability to bake a cake or the ability to process vegetables as you get them fresh from a garden or fresh from a farm. These are basic things. And the other important part of human existence is we are gregarious social creatures. Uh, just continue to build on your skills and your ability to interact with other human beings. Uh, and remember the old adage, which is never gets old, is that uh, you have two ears and one mouth. And that should tell you as much as you need to know about how much them gums should be flapping when other people are around. Uh, just take that aboard and, and think about that. But it really is that simple. I mean, you know, you are responsible as an individual and you should be as a self-reliant individual for your own shelter, food and water and clothing and those basic things and your own personal physical fitness. None of it takes any money at all whatsoever to take care and learn all of these skills. If you don't know how to cook, YouTube is full of stuff. If you don't have the internet, there are all kinds of cookbooks that are available in used bookstores. I was in Value Village not too long ago here in Canada. Tons of cookbooks in there, four bucks each. If you don't have four dollars, 
let's have a conversation about other things that are going on in your life. So you can, if you wish, find a book to teach you how to this, find a YouTube video to show it, find a friend who knows how to cook, but just learn how to process your food so that you can make those wonderful creations. The third one we're going to look at is a throwback to uh, this book that I keep referencing, which should tell you the importance to me of this book, Essentialism by Greg, Mc Greg McEwen. And it's a fantastic skill and it's learning to say no. It's the ability to emphatically and unquestionably look somebody in the face when they ask for your assistance or involvement in a project or program to look them in the face and say no, politely with compassion, but the answer is an emphatic no. So unless your answer is an emphatic yes, in other words, I can't wait to do this. This is number one. It matches with my time commitments. It matches with the things I want to do. It supports the... It supports the goals that I want to do, etc. Bang on, let's do this, all right? So just remember that you can offer compassion and consideration, but you can't help everybody. So you need to somehow learn that skill to look a family member in the face and say, I'm sorry, but I am unavailable to help you. I can't help you through this right now. Uh, but maybe somebody else can, etc. You simply can't say yes to everybody who says they want your help or need you. It doesn't work like that. So that's your third skill. Right now we're going to go to your fourth skill, which is goal setting and personal forgiveness. And it sounds a little weird that a guy talks about self-reliance and he's talking about personal forgiveness. But trust me, we've got goal setting. Now, there are 47,000 different methods on the internet about how to set goals. Uh, I will go back to the one that has worked for me, the Warren Buffett theory. You take 25 things that you, or you list all the things that you'd love to do in life, normally at least 25, if not more. Then you nail it down and you pick the top five things that you'd love to do in life. And you can only pick five. And then you put them up and right then every single time commitment you have and that you accept into your calendar has got to be in direct support of one of those five goals. So I want to run a marathon as a goal, for example. So every time you put something in your calendar, a time frame, that's one of your five goals. So your running program that you're putting in for physical fitness training, you happily add that to your calendar because it is in direct support of that marathon. And then the day that you run that marathon, that goal gets removed. You go back to your massive list that you had and you bring in another one and you continue like that and you start achieving goals. Now there's smart goal theory. There is um, a whole bunch of other theories that are out there. Go find one, figure out one that works for you. But that's how I use. I have these five goals. And one of the goals is to produce a podcast that reaches people around the world. And I'm achieving it. I'm not quite there yet. I'm looking for a lot, a lot more downloads. That will come in time. But I'm in the midst of achieving my goal by sitting here and talking to you right now. If this wasn't one of my goals, I wouldn't have taken the time to figure out, to teach myself how to do this, how to create a podcast, and then to be releasing these episodes. The, set, the other one is a personal forgiveness. Now you have to be able to forgive yourself because you're going to do something dumb, okay? You are. You're a human being. You're going to make a mistake. Or you're going to do something that after the fact, quite obviously in hindsight, looks like an absolutely ridiculous thing to do, but yet you did it. You've got to give yourself forgiveness. You've got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, bad idea, bud. 
you shouldn't have done that. But guess what? Now it becomes a lesson. Forget, forgive mistakes. They're actually lessons. They're things that you are going to learn from, but you got to keep moving. You got to keep going forward. You're going to make a mistake. You're going to choose a wrong course of action. Forgive yourself and move forward. But please do not expect anybody else to forgive you. If other people offer you forgiveness, that's for their own personal need, okay? Don't go around in life requiring other people to forgive you, okay? You need to forgive yourself, and that's all that needs to happen. If I wrong somebody because I did something wrong, I don't rely on my future actions and my future health on whether or not this individual offers me forgiveness for it. It's a great humanist gesture and I would appreciate it, but I'm going to forgive myself for doing that dumb thing. I'm going to step out and apologize, but my feet are moving after that. I'm not sitting around waiting for some individual to offer me forgiveness for something that I did. Obviously, I did wrong and I I wronged them and I'm not going to pursue it and I and I'm not going to go after it. No, or in the reverse in the situation, when somebody said, does something exceptionally dumb towards me, I'm not going to chase somebody down saying, you owe me an apology. You owe me, f- you know, you, you need to say you're sorry for what you did. And, and I want to forgive you, but I haven't forgiven you yet. But I, for whatever reason, I'm going to run around and make sure you, that you understand that I haven't forgiven you yet. You've run across people like that in your life. True. That is just exceptional waste of time because we go back to stoic philosophy and basic humanist evidence in psychology you are in control of what you say and what you do there is absolutely nothing that you can do in this world to order and force somebody else to give you an apology and even if you did get that apology under duress or order or force do you really think it's authentic do you really think it's heartfelt So really, why are you wasting a second of your time waiting for something that is absolutely outside of your control? Don't waste your time, okay? Forgive yourselves for dumb stuff. I do it all the time because I do dumb stuff all the time. I'm a human being, okay? So when we sum those up, we're talking about your attitude and your emotional control. Don't play a victim. Don't let anybody else control your emotions. You're in charge of it. Control what you say and do and be able to willingness to learn and accept your own shortcomings in this world. You got to learn the basic skills of life, housing, shelter, keep yourself physically fit, how to get water, food, and how to socialize with other human animals. Those are just basic stuff, but you're responsible for that. So you need to learn those skills. And you also need to learn how to say no. And it's exceptionally difficult and hard to learn, but you need to look the people you love in the face and tell them no every once in a while. It's shocking. And what, what they do with it is completely up to them and it's not up to you and you don't have control about their reactions. You have to have a set of goals for which you're working for. I mean, why do you swing your bed, your legs out of bed in the morning? I mean, come on, you need a set of goals. And then you need to be able to forgive yourself when you do something dumb because that happens. And you also have to understand in the power of forgiveness of other people is great, but you can't do anything to get it. So you must not waste any time of your life pursuing or demanding forgiveness from somebody else. So those are the lessons for the skills and simplification. Now I'm going to give you a rant, okay? And this is going to go off maybe on a tangent or two, but I don't care because I have a rant. Do what you want. Life is short. I have lost a number of my friends through my military career 
and through other life events that had a whole bunch of things in the world that they wanted to do, but they never did because they put it off for something else. Design your life. Be in charge of your life. You are the one in charge of this magical ship called your existence on this earth. The earth is a speck of dust flying through space at a bazillion mathematical number of miles per hour. We are so utterly insignificant in the universe. You have one shot at this. Lead your life. Don't let anybody else, including your parents, your siblings, your spouse, tell you that this is how you're supposed to live your life. And this is what you're expected to do with it, etc. If somebody says you're expected or supposed to do something, that should scare you, okay? And a great phrase is remember, tradition is peer pressure from dead people, okay? Let's be blunt. This is your one shot. I don't care. If you want to be an artist, if you want to be a writer, go get it. Go after it. There's enough other people in this world that want to be lawyers and bankers and governess and politicians and police officers and firefighters. Go chase the life of your dreams. Don't be 60 years old and 70 years old going, oh, I wish I would have done this or oh, I wish I would have done that because that's nobody else's fault. That's yours. You're sitting here right now, today, listening to this podcast, looking out the window. Ask yourself this, am I leading the life that I want to live? And if you are not leading that life right now, then you are the only one who has an opportunity to change that, okay? Take the time to re listen through this series and other series that are available out there on how to reset, how to press that reset button and get going, okay? Make the changes necessary. You need to swing your legs out of bed in the morning with hope and joy and ready to get at this day and run into the people that you're planning to run into because life is so fleeting. And it's like the Stoics say, amor fati, accept fate. You can't control the world around you. Go out and embrace this. But like the Sto another famous Stoic saying, memento mori, you may die today, so let that govern your actions and the things that you do and say today. You don't know when this world is over. I don't know if I'm going to be gone in two hours or 70 years. I, I, I just don't know what the end result of all of that is. It's outside of my control. So I'm going to live the life that I want, and it is nobody else's role or responsibility to tell you. Now, the world is full of great people, and have confidants, and people that you trust, and that you love, and that people whose opinion matters to you, and consider it. But in the end, it does not matter. Do not allow any faith, do not allow any social system, or do not allow any family structure to oversee and give you direction as to what you're supposed to do. If you want to get married, get married. If you don't, live your life a single person until you die. It's perfectly fine. The world's full of hundreds of millions of people who are single and have no intention of ever getting married or starting families. Uh, and oh, by the way, welcome to the 21st century. You don't need to have a family. Uh, you, you don't need to be married to start a family. Live your life. Be who you are. Go out and do it. The life is too darn short. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us today on Inside My Canoe Head. We're going to start a new series coming up, and uh, that series is uh, unknown, unannounced, and it will be coming in a short blurb to you closely. So thank you, merci pour tous les amis out there, and uh, have yourself an incredible day. Stay safe, and as Mahatma Gandhi said, be the change that you want to see in this world. Take care.